I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Mr. Beacon podcast. This week, I am talking to the folks at Qualcomm. If you're not familiar with them, uh, you probably are. You probably heard of the brand, but uh, it's worth getting to know them in some detail. 44 billion dollar revenue uh, a year company. They spend over $8 billion on R&D. They are a formidable force in uh, mobile. And um, full disclosure, I used to work there. I worked there for uh, seven years. And that's where I first came in touch with Bluetooth beacons when they developed the first um, Bluetooth beacon that was deployed nationally by a tier one retailer in, in the Apple stores. And it is a, a very uh, interesting company. They're also an investor in, in Williop. So I uh, have a conversation with Mike Canavaro, who's uh, director responsible for Snapdragon Sound, which is a, uh, a technology bundle that uh, basically delivers super high quality audio. And we talk a lot about where that technology is going, uh, surround sound, uh, lossless audio, and the dynamics of that particular part of the mobile marketplace. Turns out that Mike uh, used to work at CSR, uh, which is uh, uh, also a really important company that Qualcomm bought uh, that did a lot of pioneering in the Bluetooth beacon space. So uh, plenty of reasons to, to listen. I hope you enjoy the conversation. The Mr. Beacon Ambient IoT podcast is sponsored by Williot bringing intelligence to every single thing. So, Mike, thanks for the invitation to join you here at Qualco. Yeah, it's uh, it's great to have you here, and I'm looking forward to chatting. This is sort of hallowed turf. It's the center of... I, I was looking at a plaque on the way in, and from the IEEE um, that was commemorating the, the birth of CDMA that then resulted in 3G and... Uh, um, you know, the, the first app stores that were paying out billions of dollars were coded here. here. Um, that's how I ended up uh, working uh, working at Qualcomm. And uh, um, now, and Qualcomm's known for all sorts of things. Um, maybe you should, like for, for people that have been under, in, in a dark cupboard for, for the last um, 30 years, um, you know, what, what are the highlights of Qualcomm? I, I think of them as basically the biggest mobile semiconductor company in the world, but they're bigger than that. Yeah, I mean, I, that. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I think I think as it progressed through the Gs, uh, you know, Qualcomm was there and you said it yourself. I mean, this is hollowed ground when it comes to mobile communications just in general from day one. 
know, this is my second stint uh, with Qualcomm, having just rejoined uh, about a year ago, and um, and even now, years on, I'm I'm, I'm impressed with. Uh, not just the patent wall outside that that everybody walks past when we come in the building, um, but just to think about the way that we communicate, the way that we consume content, the way that devices communicate with one another, the way that you know this this Morris Lander over here communicates. I mean, the fact that we have played a part in so much of that over the last thirty plus years is uh, is is quite impressive. I think today, what's interesting about Qualcomm is it's not so much about just the communications anymore. It, Clearly, that plays a big part, and and we are certainly the the, the premier um, semiconductor supplier into you know into the mobile ecosystem. But I think it's so much more than that today. And and you know what what our, our CMO has done, and he's brought this 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 idea of the last few years of really connecting with consumers, which is challenging to do uh, for a company like us, where we make you know, we make the ingredients in the product. We don't always make the finished product. And so one of the things that, that I think for your listeners and viewers to really understand is that Qualcomm is not just Qualcomm anymore. It's, it's, it's Snapdragon. And, and, I think, and I think for those uh, within the Android ecosystems, you know, those that are familiar with MetaQuest or those that are familiar with our, our exploits in automotive, as an example, Snapdragon is becoming synonymous with uh, not just connectivity, but premium quality. And um, you know, the last couple of years, we've built a number of what we call these experience brands. And really the idea is to connect more with consumers than than a normal semiconductor or technology company might be able to in our in our in our situation. And so, you know, you've got Snapdragon Sight, you know, a lot of our, our camera technology. We're here to talk a bit about Snapdragon Sound, our, our audio technology. Um, and so many of these brands, the Snapdragon and Grady brands, consumers are becoming exposed to. We have a tremendous following, an insider program called Snapdragon Insiders, where we've got uh, 10 plus million people around the world that engage with our brand. And so we've done this incredible job in a short amount of time to kind of not not shed who Qualcomm was in any way, but really touch consumers in a new way because we're uh, we're not just you know we're not just consuming content in a, in a mobile device on, on the latest Samsung phone or a MetaQuest you know set of goggles. We're engaging in equipment and and we're involved in so many other pieces. And so I think at the forefront of that is is that is that Snapdragon brand. I've seen the evolution and. Uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of how long ago it was I first came to to visit Qualcomm. Before I, I, I got a job here, I was doing sales calls, BD uh, exploratory calls. And I remember getting off the plane in San Diego and I hailed a cab and I said, take me to Qualcomm headquarters. I knew that Qualcomm was a big deal. And the guy said, sure, no problem. Off we went. And we went straight to the football stadium. The stadium. Yeah, of course. I'm like, no, uh, it's actually a really big business <laughs> that, that makes uh, modems and processors and and at the time, uh, hugely pay, uh, an app store that paid out billions. So at that time, Snapdragon was just really being uh, thought of as a, as a brand. And the fact that you now have, you don't have Qualcomm Stadium, you have it's Snapdragon Stadium. And my the thing that I appreciate as a marketeer um, is the work that's gone into doing that. And we were talking over lunch. I was looking to buy some audio equipment and I wanted something with really good Bluetooth. I'd been having not such a great experience with the unit I had and I couldn't believe it. So now Qualcomm is being billed in the literature, the sales literature of everyone from... Uh, um, you know, the, the small brands that are, are trying to get legitimacy to uh, uh, 
uh, prestige brands like Macintosh and uh, so forth. So congratulations on that. So, Mike, what is Snapdragon Sound? Sure. So Snapdragon Sound is really a, a suite of technologies that deliver the best quality audio over Bluetooth, the lowest latency available over Bluetooth, and the most robust connections over Bluetooth. And, you know, those are kind of techie and geeky ways of saying that a consumer is going to get a premium audio experience, uh, no matter the content, gaming, video, music, streaming, listening to content locally from your, you know, from your, your computer, um, Latency critically important when we're, we're watching Netflix uh, or we're or we're gaming. Latency is is it's it's I, I would say it's been one of the knocks on Bluetooth for many many years. Mm-hmm. The ability that we can now uh, you know utilize Bluetooth in these in these experiences is is so powerful and compelling. And when it's not there, it's really fun. it's almost like at a subliminal level, it's like tiring and annoying when the when the voice and the lips don't work. And I guess I, if I would say it's fighting for your life in a game, then it's. It's even more critical. And and in fact, I would say in in the gaming space, um, it's one of the reasons that, you know, maybe Bluetooth hadn't been as successful in in the gaming space, wireless uh, gaming space. What's the alternative to Bluetooth, though, if you're a gamer? Proprietary 2.4 gig solutions. Um, You know, I would say, you know, Qualcomm's got a a real strong position on that and, and, and we'll be able to talk more about that. Hopefully soon, and 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 the third really kind of KPI metric that we measure is robustness, and 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 this is that that piece that I said is, you know, kind of kind of techie, but it's really a way of saying that by utilizing Snapdragon sound on both sides of the link, you'll see it on the phone, and you'll see it on the headsets or the earbuds or the speakers. Um, the idea is that you're going to get the best connection, the best quality, and, and the best latency. And you know, I gave you a demo a little while ago, and you were able to to experience that firsthand yourself. You're able to walk around the first floor here in our, at our corporate headquarters, not lose a, a connection, uh, not get the glitchy audio and, and the dropouts that most would expect. Uh, and I think you, you know, you came away impressed with what was possible. Yeah, I, I, I was. And it's funny how our behavior and lifestyles have shifted. I now spend a lot of time with my, uh, uh head, headset in because A, it's a lot more comfortable and B, I'm just being conditioned to hear alerts and, also, my wife hates my taste in podcasts, <laughs> and so I have to keep that yeah. uh, uh, geeky political stuff yeah. to myself because yeah. uh, it just depresses her. Um, so I have to keep them on, but then I'm walking around the house, and when it drops out, it's kind of annoying. So, yeah. uh, so how do you how do you get those uh, benefits? How do you how can I take uh, a Bluetooth audio connection and uh, uh, make it more robust. Sure. Well, look, I mean, I think, you know, Qualcomm's done a tremendous amount of work uh, in this area to ensure wireless connectivity is is robust, whether that's that's our Wi-Fi products, or whether that's our Bluetooth products. Um, in, in, in the spirit of Snapdragon Sound and what we're talking about, um, we utilize something called Qualcomm High Speed, which is our proprietary modulation scheme that allows us, in conjunction uh, with our scalable audio codec, uh, Aptex Adaptive, it allows us to actually monitor, for lack of a better term, kind of massage that link between a source and a sync device and ensure that um, the needs uh, of the device, or rather both devices in that scenario, are met. And when I say that, I mean, you know, you're in, a, you're in our, our, our demo room. There's a lot of fun stuff in here, but there's a lot of RF in here. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of transmission here. There's a lot of noise in here. Um, you may not have that much noise at home, um, or if you're at my house, I think you've got 40 or 50 devices on the Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. There, there's a fair bit of noise. Um, and so what we're able to do is actually um, adjust 
both the link and the audio codec um, correspondingly. So as, as the demo you saw, I gave you a, a nice lossless demo, and you were able to, again, as I, as I said earlier, experience lossless over Bluetooth uh, at a full, you know, almost 1.3 megabits per second. And then you walked away. Uh, and you went for you went for a, a little walk with with the earbuds in, um, and unbeknownst to you, uh, the link was was working. The mm-hmm. codec was working. It was scaling as needed. We needed to focus on range as opposed to audio quality up mm-hmm. And so we make those trade offs between the devices, and that enabled you to walk um, a good distance around some elevator banks here downstairs mm-hmm. uh, and back in the room. And you didn't lose signal once, mm-hmm. uh, which means we kept a robust connection, which is mm-hmm. important. So when you leave the room like you do at home, you're not losing. Uh, the link and the audio codec scale from lossless to lossy and back into lossless, and you you had no idea the audio quality uh, didn't diminish in that scenario. So tell us what's happening in audio formats. I'm seeing lossless. Um, I, I'm I'm seeing uh, Atmos. Sure. Um, where is the industry progressing in terms of creating uh, audio new audio formats, and and how what do people have to do to make sure that they get the benefit of that? Well, first, uh, people need to buy a Snapdragon Sound branded product. So we'll, we'll start there. I, I would say over the years, and, and we'll, we'll talk about this in the context of, of, of Bluetooth, over the years, Bluetooth has gone from, you know, kind of the standard audio codec that you get with Bluetooth out of the box called SPC. Um, and then they've gone to these alternative codecs. And uh, our Aptex codec was... I got to stop you. What is a codec? Yeah. So a codec is... The simplest way to, to think about it is it's the container that carries the the audio signal mm-hmm. uh, from point A to point B. So mm-hmm. um, codecs have been around, you know, to, since the beginning of, of any sort of audio transmission. Um, and there's different types of codecs, and they do different type of compression on the audio to get it from point A to point B. The best example I might give, uh, and maybe again I'm dating myself here, is, is the MP3 player. Mm-hmm. You know, the MP3 player and the corresponding MP3 that we're all uh, familiar with squeezed audio down tremendously so you could get a gazillion songs on your uh, on your MP3 player um, back in the day. And that was really the first time that we as consumers were, I think, uh, knowingly exposed to audio compression. When you watch TV or you listen to radio, there's audio compression involved and it's always been. Um, but realistically, the ability for us as consumers to consume content and a little device that held more music than you could possibly imagine was all due to the audio codex being able to compress that audio and then decompress that audio um, in a manner that was, uh, I'll say, faithfully reproducing the audio. Well, I was listening to the History of the Internet podcast, which is an amazing podcast uh, all about, and they were talking about the creation of the very first iPod. And the only reason it was born was because Firewire existed, because it would take a day to sync a really small music connection over the current USB technology at the time. But now those connections are just so much faster. So it seems like we're not about how can I cram really horrible audio onto onto, uh, a very limited space. The, the, The capacity is huge. The pipe is huge. So it's about getting the quality to where you want it. Yeah, look, it's a, it's a unique, you're right. It's a unique situation that that we've become accustomed to in the way that we consume music. We can download, you know, an episode of our favorite show um, on any of the, the, you know, the, the the stores or stream content virtually anywhere in the world, and you don't really think about it. It's it's there in an instant. It's there in a minute. The downloads happen uh, really really quick, and that's all great. And it's in spatial, or it's in Dolby Atmos, or it's in the latest 
uncompressed format. Uh, Amazon Music Title, they stream high quality, high res audio music. Um, but what happens when you want to send that music over a wireless link? So yes, consumers are becoming more aware of spatial audio and these other audio formats that we've talked about. Lossless audio is is really, you know, this this is the this is the phase that we're in now. Or high resolution audio, we talked a bit, um, we might not say we're audio files, but we like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you mentioned Macintosh, we like the higher quality, um, higher resolution, I, I like to call it esoteric mm-hmm. uh, audio. Um, but generally speaking, most of the devices then compress the audio and send it over a wireless link. So you've paid for a subscription, you've paid for a service, you've decided to download the 4K version uh, with Dolby Atmos, uh, but the Bluetooth headphones or earbuds that you purchased during COVID um, don't support it. And so what do you get? You get the lowest common denominator, which I'm not here to say is bad quality. Uh, you might just get compressed audio that um, that you didn't know you were getting. So what we've done is we've raised the bar on audio quality over Bluetooth. We've been doing this since our inception, uh, when, when we talk about the introduction of Bluetooth and we talk about the introduction of audio codecs. Uh, but with Snapdragon Sound, which has been around for two years now, we are raising that bar. We first introduced high-res audio, so uh, you know, 96-24 lossy high-res audio. Last year, we introduced lossless. So now we have the ability to actually take that lossless audio that you've paid for, or, uh, or maybe you've stored the content in your phone in, in a lossless format, and send it over the Bluetooth link uh, in a lossless format. So it's still compressed. It's just that everything that goes in the pipe comes out the pipe. You're not throwing stuff away at all. We're not squish yeah. it down. Yeah, I mean, you know, at 1.3 megabits. You know, we we can faithfully reproduce the you know the original audio content at 44.1, uh, 16 bit. So what's happening in the world of spatial audio? Is it catching on, or is this going to be like 3D television, which kind of was a big fad, and then everyone thought? I think we're in the early days. I mean, I think I think Dolby Atmos, I think Sony's Reality Audio 360, um, uh, uh, Dirac, and some of these other these other formats that are out there, and Google supports it native and and then Android 13. Um, I, I think we're just in the early days of spatial and what's possible. Um, it's content. I think in some cases, I think it's content specific, but there's so much content being created and mastered and prepared for spatial audio delivery. And again. You look at all of the different content stores that are out there, whether it's just music or video as well, they're all producing and making available spatial content. We, on the chip side and on the Bluetooth side, we're making sure that that content can be faithfully reproduced uh, in earbuds, in headsets, on speakers. So, you know, the content is one part of the, the conversation. And it's I think it's always been this way. Back to Super Audio CD and DVD audio, it was, hey, look at this great high-resolution audio we can deliver. But you had to get it to the consumer to listen to. And I think we're, we're in the early days of, of spatial audio uh, today, and I, we're already seeing devices in the market support spatial. And it's really just come forward you know, in the last year. Um, we were one of the first companies to, to support spatial in the, in the connectivity space. And now you're seeing devices run to market with the new Bluetooth standard. Um, LE Audio that supports spatial. And so now we're starting to see just the tip of the iceberg. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. So you got onto the new Bluetooth sta- standard. So can you unpack that? a little bit so we've had bluetooth low energy that was the thing that gave birth to the bluetooth beacon Mm. um what is uh what what is bluetooth low energy audio yeah so so le audio is the next standard of bluetooth you know again inside baseball we might refer to traditional bluetooth that we're familiar with as as uh, bluetooth classic or uh edr with kind of the extension of of that um, last year, the Bluetooth SIG, uh, you know, the, the kind of the governing body um, within Bluetooth, which is participated in by many of us tech companies, not not just Qualcomm, um, they launched the LE Audio standard, which introduces a whole new capability of bandwidth use cases. Uh, we, we we gave you a demo one of those use cases called uh, Oracast Broadcast, which I'll, I'll come on to in a minute, um, and it's opening up an ability for, uh, as the name implies, low energy, um, better power consumption. And on small portable devices, as battery technology has progressed, uh, the ability now to have the radio function in a manner that is drawing less current, but providing more features and functionality means that on the Snapdragon and sound side, we can take great advantage of that. We can, we can incorporate spatial audio. We can incorporate much higher throughput and much higher resolution audio that the audiophiles would, would like, dare I say. Mm-hmm. You know, the guys with the vacuum tube amps may never listen to Bluetooth earphones, but I, I would say, you know, give this a chance. But one of those examples is um, is the Oracast broadcast uh, uh, standard. And this is something that the SIG has come out with, and it's got some really, really dynamic use cases. Um, it's the ability for, uh, if you're at an airport and you've got multiple TVs, um, perhaps you speak Japanese. Um, and you're here visiting, you can double tap in your buddy and you can pick up the Japanese feed of CNN uh, as an example. Maybe it's uh, there's multiple TVs and you want to hear um, you know, the Warrior game as opposed to CNN or whatever's playing on the other channel. With Orcast Broadcast, you can toggle through those channels with a tap uh, of an earbud. Um, you can pick up different kind of broadcast streams, as, as we would say. And it's a, and just an incredible use case that we're really just beginning to... Um, you know, scratch the surface of multi-language support is is phenomenal. We just we just did a great uh, presentation with the Bluetooth SIG at Mobile World Congress back um, in February, and um, and and we did a multi-language support. So we were you know delivering multiple languages to hundreds of people all at the same time. And people were you know come in, they you put your earbuds on, and you pick up the language that you want to hear the stream in. And so that sort of capability wasn't possible with the standard Bluetooth Classic that we've all become custom to. So that's just one example of some of the new use cases. And it's broadcast, right? It's so in, as opposed to that replacing the wire, which is the original Bluetooth mandate, right. uh, it, it's something broader, uh, literally. Um, yeah, no, no, no pairing. You, you don't have to go through the process, which some cases consumers fumble with, or the device, maybe the, the, the integration of the pairing uh, mechanism. And we're all working on ways to do that proximity pairing and other things that you can do. But yeah, the LE audio or the the Orcast broadcast is just that. It is a broadcast. 
that your earbuds can pick up and uh, and you choose what you want to listen to. So in a museum, in a sports bar, at a, at a ball game, uh, even at home with kids, um, you know, maybe they want to watch or listen to something different. Um, you have the ability to do that by integrating that capability. I went to a concert um, a few months ago. Uh, it was Joshua Tree National Park and this guy had shipped a Steinway grand piano into the middle of the park and he played this concert and everyone put on their headphones. Silent disco. And they were, like, we, you were like climbing up the rocks and it was just an amazing experience. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great, again, it's another use case. I think, I think we've even done a, a, a silent disco and a similar, and a similar, you know, you come in, everybody, hundreds of people put headphones on and you listen to what you want. And it's, right. it's quite an interesting use case. But that's just one of, I think, many, um, you've got quality, better power consumption and, and enhanced use cases that, that the, new, uh, the new Bluetooth standard will bring. And the power consumption is relevant, isn't it? If we're in an area where we're in offices and we're doing uh, conference calls and you've got to last all day, then low power. Is I mean, look, it's interesting. I think this period of time that we've just come out of this COVID period, it drove new use cases for, uh, for wearable audio. You know, I think, uh, you know, when we first started working from home, we, 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 we took the standard headset that came with our PC or the IT department gave you, and that's what you listened to. And maybe you were wired all the time and you had to unplug it to go get a cup of coffee, but you were on that headset all the time. I think the use cases that we've seen have changed as, uh, and yes, as we've emerged and people are coming back to work like, like we here at Qualcomm are, but use cases changed. People began to realize that they can spend a couple of hundred dollars on a, on a really nice quality headset. They can use that headset with Teams. They can take that headset with them on the go. Um, power consumption, to your point, you're on Teams calls for four, five, six hours a day just to stay in touch with your, your colleagues or your customers. And you can wear that. And the longevity of those devices nowadays is quite impressive. So just a, a double click on the technology at a physical level. I'm looking for Snapdragon um, sound and uh, what am I actually going to, how's that going to manifest itself in terms of the chips in the, in the, in the device? Sure. So Snapdragon Sound uh, is a technology that has been supported on all of our premium uh, phone and uh, what I'll say peripheral headset earbud chipsets for about the last two, two and a half years. Um, we are working hard to expand to other areas where Qualcomm uh, plays a part. That's automotive, that's compute, that's, uh, that's our XR products. Um, gaming handheld, gaming and beyond. In fact, the 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 Razer Edge, the Razer gaming handheld that's uh, that's sold through Verizon today supports Snapdragon Sound. And so you you see that as just an example of the way that we've expanded, you know, really these high quality audio KPIs, these low latency KPIs outside of just a mobile phone and earbuds. And so it will manifest itself across all of our platforms. Consumers will see it on Android. Uh, you'll see a notification pop up when you pair with a Snapdragon device or a Snapdragon Sound uh, device. So if you're, you know, your Motorola Edge uh, or your uh, Sony Xperia phone have Snapdragon Sound, which they do, uh, and you pair it with a, a, an earbud from Master Dynamic or from, uh, you know, from other brands, you'll you'll get that Snapdragon Sound logo, and you know you're getting the premium audio experience. Uh, so I think that's just one way. Interestingly, when we started this uh, this ecosystem to really drive high quality audio and audio experiences into the market, what I think surprised us and 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 uh, in one way was just how many brands wanted to be part of this. Uh, we've just recently passed uh, the the century mark. We've got over uh, actually 101 uh, devices out of the market that support Snapdragon Sound, from tablets to phones to earbuds to 
Bluetooth vinyl players. Um, there, there are so many great devices in the market that support it. And the thing that's unique about that is the logo's on the box, the logo's on the UI, the logo is, uh, is, a, is a pop-up notification in Android. And that just speaks to how these brands want to be part of a premium audio ecosystem. And so we've really worked hand-in-hand -hand with those brands to make sure that consumers are aware uh, that this, uh, the technology is there. And you got Bose recently. We did get Bose. We're thrilled about that. And uh, as I said to you earlier, on, on a personal level, it's been a great victory. They, they've, they've been a, uh, you know, they've been a uh, a target of, of mine personally in terms of technology for many, many years. Bose has been a great partner of ours for a long, long time. And so to see them in the Snapdragon Sound ecosystem is just incredible. Not just uh, not just for us, but for consumers who, um, you know, Bose is synonymous with audio quality. I, I, I think when you you really think about um, headphones and, and earbuds, certainly in North America, uh, Bose is the first brand that comes to mind. So we're thrilled to have them in the stable, so to speak. But, you know, the beautiful part about what we're building in this ecosystem is, as I said, I just picked up the new Sony Xperia phone. I'm going to pair them with my Bose earbuds, and I know I'm going to get that experience, that great premium audio experience. It doesn't have to be uh, Sony and Sony or, you know, Bose and Bose or whatever the case may be. And I think, like, they're a nonprofit, aren't they? Bose are actually a, a nonprofit. I, I, that I don't know, but I, I would say... I think they make a lot of money, but uh, <laughs> actually my understanding is that they donate all their profits to uh, academic uh, no, institutions. Yeah. So I wanted to uh, follow up yeah. um, there. So I'm interested in what you're seeing in, in cars. Is that like, if we were to characterize where Qualcomm's super strong uh, with, uh, with audio and a growth market, is, is, like, uh, is the car a growth area? Look, I think the car, I mean, for anyone who has followed Qualcomm these last few years, I think you, you, you realize just how critical Qualcomm is in that space, broadly speaking. Um, our, our digital chassis, our digital cockpit capabilities control things from entertainment to safety to autonomous driving. So, you know, the car, if you think about it, is where maybe second to, to sleeping at night where we spend a lot of our time, mm -hmm. at least many of us do. Um, and so, you know, the car is uh, just affords tremendous opportunities for us. And then, of course, the expansion of autonomous and EV, that that just drives even more capability. But what's interesting to me about it, if I could be selfish when I think about Snapdragon Sound, is consuming entertainment in the car. Um, you know, it has started and been primarily over the years audio. You get in, you pair your phone, and you listen to your favorite playlist. You and I were talking about uh, being in, in a Tesla as an example and having Netflix streaming while you're parked, of course. Yeah. Um, but the ability to watch Netflix while you're sitting in a parking lot waiting for your wife or stuck at a ball game or, or whatever the case may be, you know, to me, the car becomes a brilliant confined experience for premium uh, premium entertainment. Um, and I think you're seeing that more and more. And so for, for us, I think that is, uh, that, that is definitely, you know, one of the next, uh, one of the next areas that we're going to be, you know, really leaning forward in the car. And we're starting to see that already. We've got, you know, a small stable of, of, uh, of brands that are, have been really supportive and that we'll be able to talk about later. But I would say for us, you know, phones, earbuds, those make a lot of sense. Um, I think uh, I think these other places where we where we consume content, automotive is is tops there. And so, do you think wireless can stand up to audio quality versus the uh, bit of wire that the people with the valve amps and everything use? Are we there yet? Uh, look, I may not be able to hear at the highest frequencies anymore that I'm that I once did, but I will tell you some of the latest, uh, and I'm not going to name any because I don't want to pick favorites. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, but certainly some of the latest audio products that have come out, whether they're true wireless earbuds or full cans, I, I would I would stack them against any wired device today. Um, the quality of the technology, the fit, the finish, and then of course, you know, just the wireless audio. I, I have to tell you, um, I am an audio guy. I, I'd love, I, I've been involved in audio for almost my entire career. Um, and I don't think there's ever been a point in time that I've been more excited about the, the audio technologies, the wireless audio technologies um, that are available today. One thing that amazes me is that you can be wearing in-ear devices or over-ear devices, and how how can that be surround sound? How can you do that? I, you know, it's interesting, and, and again, we, we chatted a little bit about this earlier. Um, having been around audio for a long time, um, Dolby Pro Logic and Dolby Pro Logic 2 and you know, SRS True Surround were around. Um, the idea that you could take two-channel audio and up-mix it to create a virtual surround experience, whether it was on DVD players or MP3 players, you know, those were the early days of virtual surround and creating an experience larger than just inside those headphones. And, you know, we were doing things in the early days with psychoacoustics and understanding how the human head actually hears and how the panel works. And we can, you know, we can trick, uh, so to speak, we, you know, we, we can trick how, how the human hearing system works. You know, you fast forward to today, and as I said, you know, the technology has advanced in leaps and bounds. The content is now readily available and presented in 5.1, 7.1, It's presented all the way down to the mobile phone or, or, or to the big screen TV or to the PC. Um, so it's presented all the way down. Now the ability to render that in a, set of, in a personal environment is where spatial audio, like we talked about, is coming into play. So, you know, it, it's, it's been exciting to be a part of and see. And now to see headphone and other manufacturers really come out, the soundbar manufacturers and others um, come out and support those formats. Um, it's bringing that, I think, more to the forefront for consumers. I follow a lot of uh, um, music producers. And what I've noticed is as the basics of music production have been commoditized, they're moving up to surround sound. They're, they're like boasting about their new mixing suite that is... Uh, uh, is surround sound. And so I think we're actually going to get a lot more creativity. Yeah. There's good surround sound and bad surround sound. Wouldn't you agree? I would. Look, I, I think I think the early days of surround sound and music were interesting um, because you had mixes that perhaps shouldn't have been released in mm-hmm. five that once around. Um, and, and in other cases, you know, live concerts and those sorts of things, having the crowd around you as if you're standing at Coachella and you're getting that same experience when you're watching, I think that makes absolute sense. Um, interestingly, we, we've recently tied up with the uh, producers and engineering wing of the Grammys, the Recording Academy. Um, and this has been a topic of conversation. Um, how do we bring, uh, really faithfully reproduce what the artist, what the mixer, what the, the mastering engineer intended all the way through to the ear? And that conversation has been had for a long, long time. We're not the first ones to have that conversation. But with surround and with spatial, as you say, it's presenting a new frontier for these, you know, for these folks to uh, to work in, to mix in, to master in, um, and and when you do all that, and then that's lost because it can't be delivered all the way to a wireless headset or a wireless speaker. Um, I, I think that's where there's a lot more attention today than there was before. And so it's exciting. It is, and I've got to plug one of my favorite bands, Everything But the Girl. Mm-hmm. Their new album, first one after I think like 20 years, came out. And it was made during COVID, and they did it in uh, surround sound. You can actually get a DVD, uh, or you can get the Blu-ray, or you can get surround sound when you stream. And 
This is an example, I think, where real artists are thinking about this music and they're, and they're planning this soundscape. And it's, it's just an incredible thing. So I think this feature is going to get traction as artists really apply skill and artistry to it. So I love audio. This has been fascinating for me. Thanks for the view inside. I hope uh, people will hang around because we've got more to come. Um, I never knew when we teed this up that you had all this history in <laughs> indoor location and IoT, but you do. So that's what we're going to talk about next. And then, of course, we're going to hear a bit about uh, the music that you love. But uh, thanks for the for the main course yep. of our conversation. It's been great. It. Thanks so much. So, Mike, we've been talking about uh, Snapdragon sound, but you've got a very interesting history, um, which is super relevant to what we normally talk about in this show, which is kind of... Uh, Auto ID, IoT, all of that sort of thing. How did you get to be doing this job? What's your story? Well, I rejoined Qualcomm about a year ago uh, after a seven-year hiatus. Um, during that time, I, I, I had an opportunity, uh, spending some time uh, at Qualcomm the first time around, had an opportunity to get exposure to what would have been kind of early days of uh, location-aware platforms, location-based marketing platforms. And um because you were at CSL. I was at Cambridge Silicon Radio uh, through the acquisition uh, by Qualcomm. And I'd been in audio my whole career, dating way back to SRS Labs, which was a spin out of Hughes Aircraft Systems and um, understanding how the humans hear and taking models of the pen of the ear. And so I'd been in audio pretty much my whole career and um, had some early exposure to, you know, I guess what now we call the Internet of Things or um, location network platforms. And thought, hey, that was something that was really interesting to me. And so uh, left and went into the startup world and uh, with another former Qualcomm colleague. And we started a company. And it was initially focused on uh, Bluetooth beacons, which we all thought, I think, were going to be everywhere at the time. Mm -hmm. And what was the name of the company? The company was called Locally. And um, we initially started it as a very location-based, hardware platform-centric uh, company. We, we really... As we built the company, we really began to, to understand a bit more about the data that, you know, nowadays data is oil, right? Mm -hmm. We really began to find out uh, much more about the value of the data that, 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 that came with that platform. So ultimately, we built a robust uh, location data platform, and we went the advertising marketing route. And we, we, uh, we did quite a bit of work with a lot of the big DMPs and DSPs in the advertising world. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, and what are those things that you just said, DMPs? Uh, so these are all the you know the demand and the buying and the and the selling platforms within the advertising community. So okay. utilizing that location-based data to drive relevant ads, uh, relevant content, those sorts of things when we're consuming content um, on mobile or on the internet or whatever the case may be. So, so making sure that the ads that you see on your phone are relevant, relevant. to where you That's actually cool. are. Physically. If you're in the supermarket or the sports stadium or contextual train station. It was all about context, and we realized with that platform that we were able to to do some really interesting things with uh, with with contextual data. Um, I exited that business to to a company in Canada, and um, and and interestingly, I kind of went back into audio again. Hmm. And um, I spent a couple of years with uh, a company called Audio Analytic out of Cambridge in the UK, and they did um, ambient uh, ambient awareness. Really, if you think about your, your cameras nowadays at home that have babies crying and glass breaking and dogs barking. Um, Audio Analytic was a real pioneer in ambient sound recognition. And why would we want to understand the meaning of the ambient sound around us? 
Well, in, in, in a personal scenario, your, your ring camera at home, your Nest camera at home, if, if you're away at work and uh, the camera picks up glass breaking in the house and you know nobody's there, that mm-hmm. could mean an intruder. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you could trigger the camera to come on and, and, and show you you know, the, uh, the preview of the video. So um, really what audio analytic was driving towards was an area where, um, and it was actually quite interesting, but it was an area where they could uh, learn hundreds of thousands or millions of sounds in these, in these, in these learning models, um, coughing, sneezing, making recommendations based upon, you know, you sneezing in the hole, uh, you know, your baby's crying, maybe it's a certain type of cry. Maybe you might get a recommendation from Amazon for a certain type of, uh, of medicine or what have you. And so that list, what would be doing the listening at that? The cameras would, uh, the cameras or the other, um, you know, home automation devices in the home that have microphones. So smart speakers and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's correct. And so um, I spent, I spent so about- is that happening now? Like it is happening. If I'm sneezing, then Alexa might uh, try and sell me some cold medicine. Yeah, it's possible. It's possible. I've definitely anecdotally heard that that happens. Yeah. And I think- um, I think the you know some of the core safety and security pieces are are well in play. Um, you know we pioneered some of that. And we worked closely with uh, Ring in the early days before they were sold, and Amazon and other companies as well. So getting some of that IP and that technology into those devices. So so we did that. I uh, did that for a couple of years, and then um, was was recruited to come back uh, come back to Qualcomm about a year ago. So I've been back in this role running uh, this Snapdragon Sound platform uh, for about a year now. Very cool. Um, and how did you how did you get that job at Qualcomm? Like I said, I mean, I, I you know I came aboard Qualcomm the first time through an acquisition, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like a lot of us do, and uh, spent some time here. And, and as, as I said, uh, you know, what, at the time when the acquisition went through, I was um, helping to build at CSR kind of a fledgling early days IoT. Uh, services platform, and that really piqued my interest. And so, as I said, I went off and I and I did that in the entrepreneurial world. And then um, my former uh, uh, one of my former business partners uh, had been here for about twenty three years, uh-huh. and, uh, and he called and said, "Hey, I think I'm I'm finally going to step aside. Okay, we're building this sound platform, and you know, would you be interested in coming back and 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 running it?" So, very cool. Well, it seems very appropriate our tradition of asking our guests for three songs. We've been talking about sound and fidelity and music. So uh, what are your three songs? Man, that's a, that's a great question. I, you know, music for me is, has been an important part of my life and, and, you know, we've talked about this, but I think it, 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 you know, you recall milestones or events or, or certain periods in your life, I think as we all do. And I know that it's so much a song, but there are certain bands or artists that that resonate so well with me throughout periods of my life. And my dad was 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 really really heavy into into music. And um, in the early days, I mean, as a kid, people probably laugh, but I would listen to Neil Sedaka with my dad. Yeah, really dating myself here. Um, as I got older, uh, you know, there's a period of time where I started going to concerts, and the first two concerts I saw were New Kids on the Block. Again, we'll get a chuckle, and uh, and Brian Adams. Huh. Canadian singer. And then, you know, as my uh, musical tastes have grown and expanded, um, currently I'm listening to a lot of um, a lot of blues and, and bluegrass and even country. So mm-hmm. Tyler Childers is is probably top of the playlist right now. And uh, Chris Stapleton mixed in there as well. He's, he's fantastic. Very good. Yeah. Well, Mike, thanks very much for doing the show. It's been a real pleasure. It was great to, uh, great to be here. I appreciate the opportunity. Very good. Thanks so much. So that was the conversation with Mike Cannavaro of Qualcomm. I hope you enjoyed it. 
If you did, please do like us and uh, recommend us. Uh, it's the thing that will help the podcast get visibility with uh, new listeners. Thanks very much for, for listening to us and see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.